Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, sure enough, it's spring and it's turkey season coming right up soon. And in fact, this Saturday is youth turkey season. So we thought it would be a good chance to talk a little bit about wild turkeys right here in Pennsylvania. And there's also some changes that you'll likely see this hunting season. So let's jump right in and talk about wild turkeys in general. So there are six different subspecies of wild turkey. And here in Pennsylvania, we have the Eastern wild turkey. They're actually the most abundant subspecies. Um, You can find them in 38 states and numerous Canadian provinces. And they pretty much look just like the domesticated subspecies. So, you know, the turkeys that you'd see running around on a farm. Except they're a little bit slimmer, they have a smaller head, a longer neck, and longer legs. Their feathers are an overall rich brown color. The gobbler, or the male turkey, feathers shine iridescent shades of blue, green, copper, and even mahogany in the bright sunlight. And the hens, or the female turkeys, they're a duller color. Um, they're not very iridescent or shiny when they're in the bright sun. Just a little fun fact, an adult turkey has 5,000 to 6,000 feathers on its body. That's a lot of feathers. Yeah. Male turkeys have a beard that grows 3 to 5 inches per year. And the end of the beard is often worn down as the turkey feeds. So it's pretty rare um, here in the northeast for a beard to exceed 10 to 11 inches. And occasionally, you'll even find a female turkey with a beard as well. So... You mentioned beards. What exactly is a beard made of anyway? Yep, so they're made up of bristles that appear to be hair-like. They're also called mesophyloplumes, which is actually like a form of a modified feather. And these individual bristles all emerge from the same follicle. And the number of bristles in a beard varies um, bird to bird. Some birds actually have more than one follicle, so they'll grow two or three beards. Yeah, I guess now that you say that, I have seen a couple with, you know, at least two beards. I don't think I've seen three, but... I've seen one with three beards once. I've never shot one with more than one beard, but I've seen them. So if you're wondering what turkeys eat during the spring months, uh, they're eating the greens, the shoots, leftover nuts, uh, any early insects that might have just uh, came out of the ground, they're starting to fly around. Uh, As the weather gets warmer and more insects come out. They'll feed on grasshoppers and beetles, dragonflies, uh, those pesky ticks that we all can't stand, uh, even slugs, so, and just about any other insect they can find. Uh, and actually during the summer months, about 90% of their diet is, is plants or flowers or roots, and even the tender buds. Um, once you get to the fall months, turkeys eat the masts, such as beech nuts and acorns, uh, even fruits, seeds. And in the winter, it's a little bit harder. They rely on the leftover seeds and nuts. Uh, but as it turns out, they'll also eat crustaceans, and insects, and larvae found in or around spring seeps. So that's kind of primarily why you see them around the wetter areas during the winter months. They're kind of foraging. I didn't know about the crustaceans, though. Yep. That's a, that's a new one for me. 
Yeah, so those areas kind of have that constant water flow so they don't freeze over. So there's always stuff for them to eat in there. Yeah. So if you've ever hunted turkeys before, or maybe even tried to be sneaky and get a quick photo, you know that they have very keen eyesight and hearing. Doesn't take much to scare one. And they can actually run up to 18 miles per hour, fly up to 55 miles per hour, and believe it or not, they can even swim. I've personally never seen one swim, but I have seen pictures of them. So it's not something I guess you would see every day. No. At night, turkeys fly into trees to sleep to protect them from predators. And it's common that a flock of birds will often roost in the same tree or right in the same group of trees. And in the early morning hours, right at daylight, the birds will begin calling, fly down, regroup, and begin to feed. So they make a wide variety of sounds and calls. The most known is probably the gobble. If you walk around the woods right at daylight this time of year, you're probably gonna hear that at some point. Um, This call is used in the spring. It attracts females and helps the gobblers to claim their territory. And the hens also have many calls, um, such as the yelp. <laughs> then there's the cluck. And the tree call. The hens will use these three calls and a variety of other calls um, throughout the day. That tree call we just played is what they usually do first thing in the morning, right before they fly down to the ground. Hey. Um, so how about reproduction? And that brings us right up to springtime again. Uh, male turkeys actually begin to prepare for the breeding season in the toms or the mature male turkeys. They'll gobble loudly like we just heard a couple of minutes ago at daylight and sometimes even in the evening. Uh, during the day, if the hens are present, gobblers will fan out their tail and erect their feathers and tuck their head back close into their body. And they'll strut back and forth and hiss, dragging their wingtips on the ground. And if you're out driving around this time of year, watch the farm fields and openings and you'll you'll likely see this. So by late April, females that have been bred slip away from the flock and look for nesting areas. And they'll usually look for wooded or brushy areas. And these areas will typically be close to clearings or fields. The nests are actually leaf-lined depressions in the ground. And they can be found, let's say, near old logs or fallen branches. Sometimes you'll even find them at the base of the trees. So the incubation process takes about 28 days. And after the young hatch, the hen broods them until they are dry and then leads them away from the nest. So the little bit of background on the wild turkey now covered, I want to talk a little bit about the population trends we're seeing in Pennsylvania and some of the changes to the upcoming hunting seasons. So according to an article published by Mary Jo Casalina, 
who is the Pennsylvania Game Commission wild turkey biologist, the eastern wild turkey populations across their entire range have been trending downward, and the Pennsylvania populations are showing the same trend. Mary Jo states that there are several reasons for the decline, which include the natural leveling off of the population following population restoration from trap and transfer, fluctuations due to annual nest success and poult survival, fall harvest, increasing predator populations, and even unknown factors such as new and emerging diseases and changing environmental conditions. Just pause here for a second. I will say for this area at least, I like the northeast sector. Chances are, I mean, there's still a pretty good population of turkeys. Uh, whereas other parts of the states, like where you're from, maybe you can speak to that a little bit better. Yes, we're not really seeing the population declines drastically up here. Um, you know, in other cases, like in wildlife management units 1A, 1B, 4A, um, 4B, 4D, 4E, all of those areas are looking at a one-week fall season now just to kind of help their populations out a little bit. So I think up here in general in Susquehanna County, I think we still have a pretty healthy population. Yeah, yeah, especially from what we've seen out on the road. Uh, but in her article, Mary Jo does state that PGC management strategy is to increase the population closer to the long-term average since restoration was completed in early 2000s. This is approximately 220 to 230,000 birds. She says that this can be done in two different ways. First one is to improve turkey habitat for nesting and poult rearing. The more than 1.5 million acres of state game lands are managed specifically for wildlife. However, private landowners can help maintain high quality nesting and brood rearing habitat. The second point is a more direct method of managing turkey population through the fall turkey hunting season length. Results of the hen turkey study demonstrated that fall hen harvest rates can be increased or decreased through a one-week adjustment to the fall season length, kind of like what you're saying. And on average, 60% of the fall harvests are hens, so minor adjustments to the fall season length can increase or decrease the female survival. There'll be a link on our webpage, uh, the Conservation Corner, if anyone's interested in reading that particular article. Yep, so as we mentioned earlier, the 2021 PA spring turkey season kicks off with youth season this Saturday, April 24th, and regular season will come in on May 1st, 2021, and continue through May 31st, 2021. So we'll see a couple changes to the fall season starting this fall. Um, One change that really affects all fall turkey hunters is a vote by the board to prohibit the use of centerfire and rimfire rifles and handguns in the fall turkey season. So we'll be back to shotgun and bow only for that season. And season lengths have also been adjusted in many wildlife management units, kind of what we talked about before. Um, Here in wildlife management unit 3C, the fall turkey season will be a two-week season from October 30th to November 13th. And for a complete list of seasons and bag limits, visit the Pennsylvania Game Commission website. Those seasons vary 
um, based on wildlife management units. So it's really important to look at that. All right. So hopefully you enjoyed that program. We do have one event to mention to you. Uh, so last week we talked about Arbor Day. Well, here's your chance to get out and participate. So next Friday, April 30th, Salt Springs State Park will be holding an Arbor Day tree planting. Uh, the Friends of Salt Springs State Park have taken on a three-year project and they have planted over 700 native trees and shrubs along Silver Creek to create a riparian buffer, which I think we've talked about on the show before. But these buffers help to stabilize creeks, they enhance stream quality, uh, they increase wildlife habitats, and they're really looking for um, you to get involved. So if you want more information, check out their Facebook page. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, and find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You have been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbard saying, enjoy the outdoors. <laughs>